All right. Hey, everyone. This is Serious and Sober, our first pre-recorded episode. I hope you're here. I hope you're watching. Actually, I know you are because you're listening to me. That's fantastic. Thank you. I love you. So I am here today with the very funny, very beautiful, very talented Allie Banks. And Thank you. Thank you. You're so welcome. And today we are going to talk about boundaries in comedy and pushing the line and when shit's okay. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm really excited about this. I think that it is such a broad topic. I honestly will probably do more episodes about this because I think there's just so much to say about it. Um, and to begin, how are you? I am great. How are you? Oh, I'm so good. Um, I, I slept a little weird, so I pinched my shoulder. So I'm probably going to be doing like awkward stretches without realizing it. So that's great. Just, you're like, you're like one of those dads that just stretches out in public. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, that is me. I am. I'm stretch dad. Stretch right. You'll just go up to like anything and just start stretching like a wall, somebody else's car, a, the back of someone's chair. You don't care. That's, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, like, to be fair, like, I have chronic pain, so, like, sometimes it's just, like, I gotta, but I am totally, like, I know, I know how I look. I am, I am stretch daddy. Stretch daddy, I love it. Stretch daddy. Well, I might also stretch because uh, I am a sheep, and if I see you do something, I'll start doing it, too. Oh, amazing. So, because yes. be I'm from Burlington, that's how everyone is there. Oh, that's good to know. <laughs> I'm I've like lived like throughout southern Ontario so it's like technically I'm from Niagara but I haven't lived there in since 2010 so it's been 10 years so mm. am I from Oakville now I've been there for four years and that's my longest um, Oakville yeah and I've been neighbors. sorry we're, we were neighbors neighbors yeah and now I am well I'm still living in Oakville but now I'm just like staying at my girlfriend's in Hamilton because isolation <laughs> yeah that's that's kind of you got to pick your groups and your bubble and you got to stick to it exactly safety is so important and I get so stressed out when I see people not being safe <laughs> it really bugs me like on Instagram I see some stories of like first story of them wearing a mask like holding a coffee in the morning looking all hot because I have all these model friends on my Instagram and then the next story on Instagram is of them at a music festival completely shoulder to shoulder no mask mm. sharing a joint with a stranger and I'm like yeah you can't have it both ways you can't stunt for the camera with a mask be like safety first and then do that because you're putting everyone at risk yeah and so many people just think like like oh if I'm outside it's safe no. and I am um, so I've been seeing some interesting things with your show for safety do you want to talk about that a bit yeah let's do it um, I have a couple of shows going on right now. I'm assuming you're talking about the one where the comedians are in a box. Yes. Yeah. So that one is at uh, Tonight Live Happenings Bar in Parkdale. So that's 1701 Cree, nope, 1704 Queen Street West. I should know. I've been doing shows there for like the past year. Um, yeah. So it's a kind of a cool setup. Uh, it was actually covered by Global as well at the beginning of um, when everything started opening up in phase three. Uh, so it got a lot of popularity really, really quickly. Um, so essentially what it is, it is a plexiglass from uh, the stage, from the bottom of the stage all the way up to the ceiling. And so the comedian is completely enclosed in it. 
Then what we have is a camera on the plexiglass on the comedian, and then that live feeds to the back patio, which is all open air. Um, so people can watch the show via a giant flat screen TV. Um, and the cool part about this is in the back patio, there's actually uh, little GoPro cameras all over the place and microphones. So when the comedian is in the box, we have a monitor that's just for them so they can see and hear the audience. So if you're talking shit about you have that audience interaction and that's a great way to ensure everyone stays physically uh, distanced, right? Because it's a small venue. If you've ever been to Tonight Live Happenings Bar, it is quite small. Before COVID, the capacity was probably around 50, which is not a large venue. Right. And that was just inside. But now inside, you can only have nine people. Right. And that doesn't make for much of a show. So uh, the owner and I had this idea. Actually, it was it was all him, really. Like he just told me, he's like, would you be into this idea? I'm like, fuck, yeah, that sounds amazing. So then we are able to have the open air in the back. Everyone feels a little bit safer. You can enjoy uh, the beautiful weather and you can also enjoy live comedy. And the, and we can still have a small audience inside, but it doubles doubles the audience, but keeps everyone safe. Yeah, that is amazing. That is like, um, what, when I saw that, I was so happy. <laughs> so um, thank you so much for sharing that. Of course. Yeah. And who knows, maybe I'll be less afraid and eventually be up. <laughs> but we'll see. Well, you know what? And I've been, I've been saying this to all my comedian friends. I'm like, there's no rush, you know? Like, take this time to, to write some stuff, be creative. You're doing this awesome show, right? And you don't have to go anywhere. So you're still having a creative outlet, which is amazing. And there's going to be comedy. There's always going to be comedy, whether we go into another lockdown and we can't do shows anymore, then maybe we have a vaccine after that and everything goes back to normal. You never know, but there's no rush, right? If you're funny, you're funny. That stays in you. So, so if you don't feel safe going out, I, I always tell people like, don't feel pressured. I'm going to book you when I can. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's very reassuring. Cause like, like you have that, like that push, um, environment where everyone's just like, like, if I'm not doing it all the time forever, then I am missing out on opportunities. Therefore I will fail. And even though like I try not to get caught up in that and I consciously am aware it just happens. And, and that's totally normal too, right? Because you see, and it's also about social media as well, because that's how you see it, what anyone's doing at any given time, right? You're not going up to the person being like, how are you? Or like, what's going on? You're just seeing little clips and people are only ever putting the best little clips online, right? Mm -hmm. They're not putting that they're depressed in quarantine that they had to like really push to get on this show. They're like, oh, look, I'm on six shows this week, you know, but it, it's just... You f I feel I felt that pressure too. Like I didn't want to do shows right away. Like I waited a little bit before I started doing more shows just until I felt comfortable, but I felt that pressure. I'm like, shit, this person is already like on 10 shows and I felt like I'm not a funny person anymore. Right. And that's not the case. It's just, yeah. it's just optics. Yeah, of course. Awesome. All right. So are you ready to begin our game? So, Oh, I'm, I'm ready. All right, so our first game of the day is going to be our own variation of Two Truths and a Lie. So as we all know, sometimes comedians will say things or work on premises that will make people a little 
comfortable. So for our game of Two Truths and a Lie, we are going to say three real things that we have heard people say on stage with a twist. One of them will have been said by us. So we are going to guess what that is. And then as that goes on, we will proceed to our super special questions. So I'm excited. Are you excited? Oh, I'm super excited. Yeah, I'm very prepared because I didn't spring this on you 10 minutes ago or anything. <laughs> oh, no, not, not at all. We, we've been planning this for weeks and I've come up with some good ones. Mm -hmm. All right. Shall I go first? Oh, yes, please. Perfect. So two truths and a lie. Uh, things that have been said on stage either by myself or someone else you'll have to guess. Uh, first one, number one. Um, I'm such a fat ass that when I get butter chicken, I say hold the chicken. I just want the butter. Uh, number two. Um, my mom still doesn't know what I do for a living. She's like, good luck with the magic. Um, number three, women shouldn't wear bras. Actually, that's a lie. Women should always wear bras. If women don't wear bras, that's gross. <laughs> okay. Um, I think your mom thinks you're a magician. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> God damn it. I, when you told me this, I was like, because I hang out with a lot of male comics and not a lot of female comics, right? I was going to say one where I was going to be like, um, my cat won't let me masturbate. Now, every time I try, he swats my hand away. I think <laughs> it's because he thinks I'm petting the wrong pussy. So I was going to say that when I was like, she's for sure going to guess that's me, right? Then <laughs> I, I went for the mom, the magic. I'm like, people have moms. So people do. Relatable. Yeah, no, that was me. You got it right away. Yeah. And um, I will take a moment to just say uh, my pronouns are they, them. So <laughs> They, them. Oh, I'm so sorry about that. Yeah, yes. I, I forgive they you. Them. They, them. <laughs> I'm she, her, they, them, hey, you. Any Anything I'll respond to, probably. All right. <laughs> Perfect. Somebody called for their child and was like, Steve, and I looked over. I don't know why still. I think about it, like, a lot. <laughs> the, everyone has their inner Steve. Yeah, right? <laughs> I could be a Steve. Yeah. Feel like a Steve. Good Steve. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Um, so for my two truths and a lie. Ready. All right. Um, I identify as interspecies. I'm a werewolf. Um... <laughs> I, the only racist thing about me is my parents. 9-11 ruined my birthday. Hmm. A new process of elimination. I don't think it's the 9-11 one because I don't think that's your birthday. <laughs> because I would have seen it on Facebook, I feel. Oh, yeah. It, it would have just happened, so. So. You're a detective. <laughs> you're a detective, right? And I want to say werewolf. No. Damn it! Damn it! No. God damn it! My parents so, are racist. Oh, mine are too. Yes. <laughs> oh man, that that was a good one. Damn, you had me fooled. 
funny. Yeah, the werewolf one was done by a comedian who's also from Welland, so you know, there's a connection there. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> you know what's funny? I was actually gonna say for mine, not the the cat masturbate, not the mom one, but I was there's a, another comedian that has this joke and I fucking love it. But you would have known for sure it wasn't mine. It was uh, I dated this girl, but her one of her parents was racist and the other one was homophobic, and I am a brown woman. I, I figured if I said that, you probably would have guessed that it wasn't mine. <laughs> Like, yeah. well, not to assume someone's pigmentation, but <laughs> okay. I'm just, I'm just very, I saw a ghost, so I, the color left me. Yeah, you're just spooked. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, did you want to do another round of Two Truths and a Lie, or do you want to jump into the questions? You know what? I sucked at Two Truths and a Lie, so let's just move on. That's in the past now. Let's, <laughs> let's do the questions. All righty. <laughs> coffee break though coffee break what is your mug it's it's my partner's mug he he only has three mugs he refuses to let me buy him more and I love mugs like I'm at his place right now but at my place I have like just a wall of mugs I love mugs I have no idea what this is it looks like a 17 yeah I think that's I think that's all it is it's just a 17 okay very exciting yeah I'm glad I asked. <laughs> yeah. Right, that was that was the, that was the show, folks. That's yeah. what you came here for. Thanks for coming. Yeah, the, for that quality content. <laughs> yeah. All right, Allie. <laughs> what does taboo mean to you? Taboo. Taboo's that's a great question, actually. So taboo is basically like, don't go there. You know, like, it's just like, we don't talk about that. We don't touch that subject. It's very, very taboo, right? Mm -hmm. But for me personally, taboo is just like every other rule in the world, which is like, there's a line. Maybe you could teeter on top of it, but just don't cross it, right? Like, yeah, because people, comedians talk about what's taboo on stage, like often. Mm -hmm. You know, things that, you know, it used to be taboo on stage, actually, and in, in some countries it still is, um, menstruation. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, it's still in, in many parts of the world that, where there's comedy and there's female comics, they're like, don't talk about that, that's disgusting. So that's considered taboo, so I make it a point to talk about it on stage. Yeah. The, um, the first joke I ever wrote was a tampon joke. Yes. Yeah, um, it was, um, I'm going to share it because I love it, and yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to ask you, but I mean, a lot of people don't like sharing their, their old material, but some of them are fucking great. Uh, this was, I'll, I'll, I'll like build up the, like, like what made this joke. So I am 19 years old, and I am in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter with my friends, um, you know, pre-transphobia. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> we're all we're all in line for uh, for a ride, and I look over, and someone drops a bottle of red juice, and it just shatters. And I look at my friends, and I go, "So I just started using these glass tampons, and they're great, but my period hasn't stopped." That's funny. 
Same. How'd they react? Uh, like they, they were just not having it. And I was just like, oh, okay. And I just like packed that away. And it's just, you well, know. Whether you're male identifying or female identifying, society's been like, hey, this is taboo. This is gross. Don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Right? So. Yeah. Um, do you feel that the um, taboo line varies per audience? It does. And like, as a comedian, I'm, I, I don't want to assume how you feel, but I feel like you might, I know a lot of comedians that feel the exact same way. Like when I go to, let's say do a show in Burlington, a place that you're familiar with, you know, Burlington's primarily like super white, right? Mm-hmm. I went there and did a show and I, I use the word black. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with the word black, just so everyone is clear. Like that it's a word, you know, and it it doesn't have anything negative with it, but because it was Burlington, you just feel that everybody's butt tightened up, you know? And then, you know, I had to like, be like, Oh, don't worry. My mom also gets uncomfortable when I say that word, imagine how uncomfortable she gets when I bring them home. Right. And so, you know, and then everybody laughed, but there's, there's definitely some things that people, just don't want to hear on stage. But then when coming to Toronto, there's no issue with that. Yeah. Right? Do you get that? Do you, yeah, do you feel absolutely. that? Yeah. yeah um, I, um, w- with your, w- with your story, I was thinking about how people act just like saying black is a bad word and they'll whisper it as like, 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 Oh, we have a comedian coming in from Toronto and they're yeah. and I'm just all like, the time. Okay. I hope they're funny. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, no, but that's that's the thing, right? Yeah, it, it's just like it, it's. I, I think that differences should be celebrated, and to act like any um, like any kind like anything is to act like someone's personality and a part of like their personhood is the taboo matter it's the hatred that is taboo more yeah. so than someone's humanity so uh, like ugh. Um, well i mean to add on that make it a little bit more controversial i don't know what your other questions are but another taboo thing is rape yeah bringing that one out now here's the thing my opinion was actually changed on this recently. So for many, many years, I believe that rape should not be talked about on stage, period. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is, this is taboo. It's not funny ever. Don't fucking do it. And then in recent years, I've seen female comedians, not yet a male comedian. Actually, one male comedian did it really, really well. But there was female identifying comedians. Is that okay to say female identifying? I'm not, yeah. Yeah, Somebody yelled at me the other day for saying that, and they're like, they are female if they say they're female. I'm like, isn't that them just IDing themselves? I don't understand. So it's kind of thing where um, it's easier and more for like precise to say just a female comedian because yeah. they identify as female. But um, I guess saying like femme identifying would be more accurate if you want to throw in the identifying word because like I say personally that I'm female identifying Mm -hmm. right like I'm not non-binary I'm just I don't know I think I'm a lady pretty sure but like I mean there's been some thoughts but you know that's a whole other topic but but anyways great (laughs) 
veered off there. Sorry. Like there's so many, there's so many things you have to be conscious of. And that kind of ties into the whole rape joke on stage. Like if you haven't experienced it, I don't think you should joke about it. I still think that's a thing, but like sometimes bringing an uncomfortable subject in a comedic light actually helps people process it better and makes it a little bit more acceptable and then people can start to talk about it. Right. And like that is really important. So then that, that right there changed my opinion. I'm like, okay, no rape jokes. And I'm not, I'm now I'm like, I support rape jokes on stage as long as it's in the right light. Absolutely. Um, my, my next question is, can anyone joke about anything? So oh. I feel like we're right in there. So I'm just going to right in there. this and continue our conversation. <laughs> All right. Well, mm-hmm. to continue what we were saying, uh, no, you can't joke about anything if you're anyone, you know? Like, I'm not going to go on stage, just to make it very, like, clear for anyone who's, like, divided on this. I'm not going to go on stage and talk about being black. Want to know why? I have all this white privilege oozing out of me. Yeah, this isn't sweat. It's just white privilege coming out. So I'm not going to talk about shit that I don't know about, right? Mm-hmm. But... Um, like I might relay a story that my friend told me who, you know, let's say this person is black, right? And then talked about maybe this, um, like a racist situation that happened or this and that and that. I feel like if it's shedding light on an, like a, a situation and you have the permission of another person to relay this story and you do it in like a way that is funny but is also thoughtful, then yeah, you can do that. But there, there's a way to say things. Like so many comics, so many comics, new comics especially, go for that um, shock factor. Yeah. Right. Like you see Dave Chappelle do it. You see um, Bill Burr. You see, you see all the the big comics go for that that shock factor. Right. They'll say something, then boom, comes out of left field, hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the difference. The new comics are just looking at that punchline. They're looking at the wow factor. They're not putting in any thought to what goes before it. Yeah. So they're trying to go, they're just trying to shock you and they think shock equals funny and that's not the case at all, mm-hmm. right? So if it's your own experiences or if you say it in a careful way that is well thought out and funny, then yeah, you can say those things. But it's, it's a fine line. I'm gonna say no. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah, I um, I, I loved the the examples because I do think that shock value comedy has its value and its impact yeah. when it is done right. But you have to earn the shock. You can't just go up there and scream and yell and do things just to appall people. It's just it's, it's and- overwhelming. And you and I know that those comics aren't going to go anywhere. They're, they're going to stay right at those open mics, right? But the shitty part about it is we need to listen to them at those open mics, right? And same with the unfortunate audience members that just happen to be there. Yeah. And those audience members end up thinking this is what comedy is. If not, please don't think this is what comedy is. We promise. We promise that it's, it gets way better than that. Better. <laughs> uh. Yeah, um, 
moving along. What does it mean to, what's the difference between punching up and punching down? Punching up and punching down? Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a term that I'm actually familiar with. Oh, okay. Um, so Ooh, educate me. All right. So punch up comedy is when you are building yourself or the subject matter up in a way where you're pointing out like the obscurity of it. So okay. it would be the kind of sense of just like um, my, my racist joke about my parents. I don't make racist jokes on stage, but I make jokes about them being racist. Yes. And I think that is the safe kind of racist joke because I it, agree. <laughs> it, it, and because it, the only punching down is on the hate. So because it has, like, it's like, like if the punch down has a positive effect, then it kind of switches to a punch up. Okay. So it's and then whatever is okay to poke fun of. Like in um, Hannah Gatsby's um, new special, Douglas, she has a line where she makes fun of Americans and says like, oh, we have to be careful. That's only going to be punching up for so much longer. That's a good one. Yeah, especially because it came out like just before the world ended. <laughs> so it was just like when I watched it, I was like, ah! <laughs> That's actually so funny. I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, I, I saw it live. <laughs> oh my God, I'm very jealous. Fuck you. It was yeah. so good. It was so good. Uh, <laughs> it was oh an impulse, God. total impulse buy. I did not have the money and I bought Well, it. you know what? It was worth it. Absolutely. You, the world literally ended right after that. So you're like, well, I can get this money back <laughs> over the course of not going out or spending money on drinks or fun activities because there's none. There's none. I've been spending all my money on cue cards for the show. <laughs> I love that. That's a, that's a sensible purchase. I've been spending all my money on Zaffle Tops. Yeah. yeah, I've also been buying a lot of clothes. I that we're not going to wear anywhere. Well, see, that's what like, the show's for. Um, <laughs> it's it's disguised as me trying to talk about serious topics and educate people, but really, I just want to show off my wardrobe. No, I can I can tell you. You showed up with the eyelashes. I was like, okay, I see you. I see you. And is that some highlight going on, or do you have a natural glow? What's happening? It's a bit of both. A um, little bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, Vogue. Vogue. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. But uh, yes, punching down. So that would be the opposite of punching up. So punching down would be like yeah. you were ridiculing, like, like it would be making like the negative trans jokes of just like, like, like I, as a trans person, make trans jokes about the obscurity and how people respond to my existence, etc. But yeah. people like when their joke is the response, that's punching down because it's like, like, it's like, there's, um, there's this is one joke for a period of time I heard at almost every open mic I went to, which was some variation of, I sent this chick a pic of my dick and she sent one of hers. Oh, I said, I, I, I was, I didn't send that. I didn't send that. <laughs> I, I was going to say like, I, I've heard that a thousand times. Oh yeah. It's like, I get the, I get the premise, but I don't think it's funny enough to be worth the, punch down yeah i mean like i've sent dick pics back uh to people but i've also just searched the internet for i literally look up disgusting dicks 
And then it's, it's horrible. I have a file on my phone and then I just send those out and I giggle every time, but it's not, it's, that's obviously not what they're joking about. Yeah, that is, um, that's different and that's just a great response. And I just, I appreciate that. <laughs> they're really horrifying to look at. I'll have to send you the folder later. Oh, good. I love horrifying, Dick. I appreciate this. And I'm not being sarcastic. <laughs> no, they're, they're bad. I showed my partner and he's like, why would you show me that? And I'm like, because I find it funny. <laughs> Yeah. Do you ever watch porn parodies? Porn parodies? Yes. No, but I hear about them and I feel like they're popular amongst comics. I feel you, you weirdo comics out there freaking love this shit. Oh my God. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Um, I'm going to sidebar on this and then we'll get back to what we're talking about, but oh my goodness. Um, my, my favorite, I don't even know what my favorite might be. I like, but it's just like, um, okay. So the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles porn is called 10 inch mutant ninja turtles because they can't be teenagers because that's gross yeah and, that's uh, the gross part yeah um but don't worry their semen is green and they have a theme song what's the theme song 10 inch mutant ninja turtles 10 inch mutant ninja turtles turtles in a cock shell it's it's an actual like full length song, but that is like that's enough. I, that's, I think we get it at, at yeah. that point. It's green. Yeah, it's green. But I will. will um, but none. But it's never. It shouldn't. I don't. That's the part I'm hung up on. Honestly, <laughs> not the not the they're no longer teenagers. That they're doing a porn. That they have a cock shell. It's the green. It's the green. Yeah, it's, it's a scene at the end where April O'Neil is, like, on her knees, surrounded by all of them, just, like, you know, doing her thing. But and, are the turtles, are they people painted green, or are they actual turtle costumes? They're costumes. And I, I'm pretty sure for the hand job scene, they're just, like, fountains, because it's just, she's just covered in like this green slime and starts playing in it like it is not a serious porn like i love it, this it is amazing it. it is probably the best film ever made actually because because porns like from the 80s are just just comical period like they don't need to be remade ever it's like like someone's in a bathtub and and then somebody shows up i'm the lifeguard but this is a bathtub don't worry, you're safe. Shark, shark, take off your pants, you know? Like, that's a porn that I watched recently, and I, I watched it a couple times. It was awesome. So, highly recommend that. Porn is an art. The Alice in Wonderland porn from the 70s is, like, it is just Alice exploring, it, it seems like she's exploring the essence of her sexuality, and it's actually, like, a, like, a, somewhat of a beautiful film oh my gosh that's so weird in my head i was just like she's gonna be fucking a rabbit for sure did she fuck a rabbit no it's like yeah, yeah it's um well maybe i don't i may have been intoxicated when i watched it <laughs> but it was a special event and i um i recommend it i i like i want to rewatch it and like how often does porn have rewatch value you know it'd be like horrible and amazing at the same time if 
we got a whole bunch of comedians together and just got a whole bunch of these fantastic horns that make no sense and just put them on a screen, gave everybody, you know, some mushroom cookies, letting them know what was in it, right? Or weed, doesn't matter which one. Mm-hmm. Or nothing, because that's your brain could be creative on its own. But then just putting everyone there and then just commenting. And I just yeah. want to to film our reactions. That would be imagine. That would it would be like like did you ever watch video on trial on McMusic? Oh yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, Everyone like, did. Yeah, it would be like porn on trial. <gasps> Can we just do this? Is this our show? This is show that we're going to be doing. We're doing this. Okay, guys, like seriously, thousand percent, Yes, we're going to do this show after COVID and everything is settled, porn video on trial. I'm so excited. Oh my goodness. That's so, oh, that's going to be so fun. I have, um, I finally, an excuse for my weird hobby. (laughs) Not that I needed one. No. But so I'll send you the folder of uh, gross sticks and you'll send me the folder of fun porn exactly um yeah so that's what friendship is friendship true friendship (laughs) all right um back to the serious and sober shit now that we're done putting giving mushrooms to comedians we'll (laughs) we don't need to give them mushrooms they already have them in their freezer for sure that's true i actually only tried mushrooms for the first time like recently and Um, oh my god in lockdown Sorry? Yeah, um, I, I have a friend who has a friend, and then, like, we did, like, a, like, a pickup, and then I left them in my trunk for a few days, and so it was, like, fun. about it, and it was so fun, but, um, oh my goodness, we have to get back to the show, but I, yes. I, I will totally talk to you about it, though. Okay, cool. <laughs> um. <laughs> okay, so. I reordered them because I um, am indecisive, so I'm just trying to find my spot. Anyway, what is cancel culture? Oh, this is one that, like, if anyone knows me, knows that I talk about this a lot. <laughs> like, like a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, cancel culture, because I've made videos about this as well. They're on my Instagram if you want to check it out. Um, Cancel culture, I will say, I've said it before, and I'll say it a thousand times more, is great. Um, I think it's done a lot of good for the world, like a lot of good for the world. But then you, you come in with the social justice warriors. Mm-hmm. And I say that so sarcastically because I, I'm going to compare it to, to something. I look at these people that are concerned imagine a house is on fire right house is on fire and they're in the front yard pulling out the weeds right to me that's what social justice warriors are and 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 with cancel culture because there's going to be a big issue like a huge issue like like a house on fire and these people are just zoned in on like the smallest little things like like pulling out weeds, right? When there's a giant issue that they should be tackling, but they don't, right? An issue is, um, and and comedians make, I see every comedian, every walk of life making videos about this, right? It's like people who 
are offended by everything, right? When they should, if they want to be putting their efforts in, it should be for something on a wider scale. Like I have, so my partner is uh, half Chinese and he has a joke on stage where he mimics his dad and his dad being from China has an accent. So he says, he says it with an accent and his dad's accent who, who I've met and they sound spot on. He's practiced that accent mimicking his dad for years. Right. And people will come up after the show and be like, uh, you shouldn't be doing comedy anymore. Like that voice is racist and, um, you know, I'm offended and, and they're not Chinese. Right. Obviously it's never anyone who's Chinese, but you know, then he'll go home and be like, Hey dad, uh, I have to tell him that joke because your voice is offensive. Right. So it's like, and then, and then these people put all their power into being like, this guy's a horrible person. Don't let him go on stage. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do that. Meanwhile, in the world, there's like actual people going around calling Chinese people like chinks or like spitting in, in their face. Right. It's like, why do you have to focus on just this little thing right there that really isn't hurting anyone really like the only person you're hurting is like him and his family because his dad found that very like wrong you know he's like well I'm sorry my voice offends people you know Mm -hmm. or or like I, I posted a video about two months ago I think so I there was this show now this is a tough one there was a show um that had the producer was a or is a an abuser Mm -hmm. right I don't know exactly what this person has done but uh they do not have a good rep in the community right Mm -hmm. and that's enough for me to not want to work with someone and then I won't right uh don't support that person done done right like if it needs to be further then yeah i'll get them banned from shows or whatever but this is what happened they they found a venue uh collaborated with the venue in order to increase business by putting on a comedy show which is obviously not uncommon that happens all over toronto now what happened was instead of people so people had a problem with this producer right instead of people going to the venue and talking to the owner and being like, hey, um, we don't think you should work with this person because of A, B, C, and D, right? Instead of doing that, they skipped a whole bunch of steps and just called the city to try and get the venue shut down. And while I understand you wanna hurt that um, producer, it's, it's not gonna do anything to them, right? They're gonna go to another venue and find a different show, Yeah. right? But that, that venue is going to be closed. You know, there, it's, it's a business and it was, it was a business run by a woman of color, um, which is, there's hardly any women run businesses that we need more. And then it's like someone of color as well. It's like, so everything in the world is against this person. And then this is just getting complaints on complaints on complaints. Obviously after a while, the show was shut down after, um, she faced several fines. Uh, she still managed to stay open, but I was, I, I put out a video being like, hey guys, you have an issue with this person. 
do not attack small businesses because this is a pandemic and people are really, really suffering. And like this person's just trying to stay afloat, support her family, support herself. But, and, and it really didn't do anything to the producer, right? He just moved on to the next place. Right. Cause you're always going to find people are like, Oh no, if the other venue finds out that this venue shut down because of him, they're not going to um, book him. Yeah. But that's an if, what if this, yeah. what if he finds a venue of an old little Italian man who doesn't know how to use Facebook? How's he going to know? Right. And then that venue gets shut down. So that's, that's where I have an issue with cancel culture. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like when you are nitpicking on small things or if you're going about it the wrong way, but then totally, opposite canceled culture I think is amazing because you're you're boycotting businesses that are um freaking like racist or homophobic like like people that you you shouldn't be supporting right and then we band together and we're like you know what because you've done all these horrible things we're not going to support you and you're canceled right or like comedians on stage um let's just use an example a male comedian who raped someone which fucking happens like a lot because people are gross doesn't matter if you're funny or not like people are awful people there's just all of them in the world but then if we band together and say you know this person is a horrible person don't put them on your stage before you know it that person is phased out right but you're not calling the venue that they're performing at trying to get them shut down you know yeah so it's like cancel culture i think to me has just kind of gone a little bit too extreme where to the point where I even like, I'm a, I feel like I'm a nice person. Um, I stand up for what I believe in my values, my friends. If I see somebody who's in need on the street or if somebody's being stomped on, I, I, I go over there immediately. Like instinctively, I don't let, uh, if people can't stand up for themselves, I'm going to stand up for them. Right. But even me, I feel like if I say the wrong thing, like if I, if I accidentally say she instead of them, you know, I feel like, my career could be over. And, and I, I've never felt that way until 2020 where people have been like, literally when I made that video about um, not hurting the business, but instead attacking the abuser, mm-hmm. I had 20 people block me on Instagram after watching that. And then found out later on those people were saying, uh, Allie Banks says she's a feminist. She's not. She clearly supports this abuser. This and this and this and this and this and this and the like. And and it goes on. And people tried to cancel me. Yeah, that right? is like a very clear example of like why context and information is so important. Oh yeah. gosh. And then there's that's also uh, I'm not sure if you watched the Social Dilemma yet on Netflix. I haven't. No. You're gonna love it. Yeah, it freaks me out. It freaks me out. It made me turn off all notifications on my phone, but that's another thing. But here's the thing. Fake news travels a lot faster because fake news, the concept of fake news is um, it, it's just put out into the world without any fact checking, right? And people accept it. So fake, fake news travels 20 times faster than actual news because actual news, let's say, um, did you ever see those commercials about the house hippo? Yes. Yes. So everyone in the nineties saw that. And, um, if you're not familiar, it's, uh, a documentary on like, it was a commercial, but it was a documentary style shot, um, that the house hippo sleeps 12 to 14 hours a day. You'll find it underneath your bed, eating old potato chips. Right. And like, 
for a long time, I actually thought house hippos were a thing. But that was just one example of fake news. It's like you're not fact-checking. You're accepting what's in front of you and rolling with it, right? So all these people, one person says, Ali Banks is not a feminist. Any fact-checking? No. They take that fake news and they run with it, right? And that's another way cancel culture can be so detrimental because what if somebody, let's say somebody's like, um, Ray is racist. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that that's the example. And then somebody takes it and runs with it, right? Yeah. They're not going to talk to you. They're not going to fact check. And then before you know it, you are canceled. Should you be canceled? No, you're clearly an awesome person, right? But then the rest of the world, because of cancel, cancel culture, and they just feel like they have to like pounce, Yeah, you're done. So yeah. that's where I have an issue. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've, I've been so, like, especially because I'm doing a lot of videos on touchier subjects, so it's just like I'm making the wrong one or using the wrong example, the, the wrong guest. Because if, if Ali Banks is canceled, am I canceled now by association? <laughs> that's the thing, right? Because, and, and that's been, and I'm, I'm assuming you're keeping up with, like, comedy drama and everything like that, right? Like, if mm-hmm. I, I, one comedian, um, I'm obviously not going to name names, but the the set abuser that I was talking about, um, a comedian came to their aid and said, hey, I understand, but maybe you should like not, it feels like you're dogpiling because the comments on Facebook was, I don't even know who this person is, but fuck them. Right. And it's like, that's where cancel culture goes a little wrong because they're taking this news, they're accepting it at face value, right? And so we, this, this other comic commented, hey, maybe talk to that person. And then, then the hate, the hate just came in hot for that person. Like comments, 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 comments. This person's canceled, standing up for an abusive abuser by association canceled. And then another well-known comic in, in our community, right? Um, you know, queer community that came in and was like, hey, you are dogpiling. And then because this person is like respectable, like a respectable member, like people know and like everyone, almost everyone knows and like respects, they were like, oh, you know? Yeah. Like maybe we shouldn't send death threats to this person who stood up. Yeah. Right? So social justice warriors. I'm not a fan of you guys at all. (laughs) <laughs> I, I joke that I'm a social justice bard, but like it's more so <laughs> because I'm going to yell and sing about social justice. <laughs> no, and I, I would definitely prefer that while, rather than somebody going in with guns a-blazing, right? You're like, let's work this out through song, and if you are somebody who deserves something bad, I'm going to sing Care Bears theme song at you for 12 hours. That'll show you, you know? Like there's, there's yeah. better ways of handling things. I agree. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> um, let's see. Oops. Also, I like the fact that you are picking touchy subject matter. You know, I think there's, if there's anyone out there who's watching this and is like, um, individually minded and is able to do some critical thinking, they'll also appreciate this. Anyone who is offended by this show, um, I think you needed a little little more research. That's it. Yeah. Uh, One thing I was thinking is because we are both, um, you know, not cis white men, 
Um, so this, to this topic might be automatic, like people might click on the video assuming that we're, that we are the said social justice warriors. It, yeah, you know, and that's, that's a funny thing too, right? People might just look at the video, not even click and be like, labeled, labeled, done. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure that is what happens. Like I did on one of my old videos that I did with uh, with, with a trans woman in the gaming the gaming industry, and we were discussing like 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 her experiences coming out as a prominent figure and everything. It's a it's a great show, <laughs> and um, someone commented on it saying that it was a show that they would never watch except for like their association with her, so they watched it. And they learned so much and they were just grateful that they did. Yeah. And I was just like, oh. <laughs> because like at first, well, like while I was starting to read this comment, I'm like, ouch. <laughs> well, here's the thing too, like people watching this, if you made it this far, <laughs> this show is kind of like a joke in the sense that there's a premise, there's a setup, and then there's a punchline. Right? So we ask a question, we talk about it, and then we get to the nitty gritty. So if you've made it past, you maybe, maybe you don't like the premise. Maybe you don't like the, the title of the show, right? Uh, maybe if you listen to the setup and then you hear the punchline, you might change your mind. Yeah. Right? Every joke has a twist. The show might not be what it appears to be. Just had to listen. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Um. Is it okay to have different markets for comedy? Hmm. What do you mean by that? So, um, let's see. Um, when it comes to like um, different, um, is there like such a thing as general comedy and is it okay not to focus on particular um, ideas? And can these, um, focused markets end up with harmful ideas. So do you mean like um, in our community, there's like queer shows and then there's dirty shows and then there's clean material and fuck you all the comedians are, who are good at clean material because you're the ones who get TV spots. But but yeah, there's, there's different markets for comedy. Absolutely. Like um, at the corner I used to do uh, every Wednesday, Dirty Wednesdays. And I was like one of two women that did it, right? Because a lot of, a lot of the context was like pretty outlandish, but like I loved, I loved heckler shows. So like that was kind of my bread and butter. Yeah. Um, and then you have the um, like queer shows, like, uh, like, um, like safe space shows. Right. And then that, that caters to certain audiences. Like I, comedy is not one dimensional in, in any at any point, right? And you could take that comedy, you could put it into commercials, and like I'm sure you've seen all your comedian friends on TV by now, right? Because it's com it's comedians that get these commercials, right? Because it's like, how who's gonna make toilet paper funny? It's gonna be this guy, right? <laughs> um, and and what was what was the other part of the question? Like, oh, um, if the if the isolated markets end up with like with harmful ideals. Okay. Yeah. And this is super unfortunate and I don't think I've ever talked about it out loud before, but like, yeah, I think, I think that is a thing, right? Like let's use dirty Wednesdays on a, as an example first. Like it's a show that I love, like it's close to my heart, but then moving back to that shock factor comedy, 
like you hear these comedians talk about like basically anything and everything. Um, definitely some of it would be offensive to, to somebody, right? Mm-hmm. And then they end up only doing those type of shows because people don't want them on other shows or they don't want to be on other shows if they can't say exactly what's on their mind. Right. But, um, let's just say like queer shows. Um, personally, I've only ever been on two queer shows, Mm -hmm. uh, because I've been told that I'm not queer enough. Oh, (laughs) very fun. Yeah. I was, uh, notified about that a couple of times, actually. Sorry for that. Um, I'm, uh, I'm viewed as a straight white female. Um, and I've always like been like, if people want to see me how they see me, that's totally fine too. If you want to see me as a queer person, that's cool. If you want to see me as a straight person, that's cool, whatever. But, um, but it's, it's like kind of cliquey. And then sometimes, uh, I'll be like, I'll be on some queer show and then they'll be like hating on straight people or like they'll be hating on straight white men. And I'm like, yeah, straight white men have, started like every war in the history of ever but uh you know not every single one of them is horrible yeah. right and then it just or like I'll talk to comics and they'll tell me that they'll never be on a non-queer show mm-hmm. and to me that makes me really sad because um number one you're just stunting your growth as a comedian yeah. right also in the same way people are telling me like um on my Facebook, this person doesn't agree with my values. I'm blocking them. Mm-hmm. And I love having people on my Facebook that disagree with me for two reasons. Um, I get to see their perspective and their information that they share. And I get to consider that and maybe change my opinion based on that. But also like, let's say I have somebody who straight up uh, homophobic on my Facebook or my Instagram, and I, I'm going to be throwing some, some shit their way. You know, every status that I put out, that is good vibes, maybe they'll eventually catch on and take those good vibes, right? Just like with the the queer show, if people don't want to do a non-queer show, I think that's sad because maybe there's going to be someone in the audience who doesn't understand, um, you know, different orientations, different walks of life. They only see what's in front of them, but then maybe like you'll go on stage and you'll make them laugh their fucking pants off, right? Yeah. And then And then they think, oh, queer isn't so bad. Right. So that's, to me, that's sad. You know, like I, I, I understand you want to be in an environment where there's people that agree with you, but that's not life. People are going to disagree with you. I think as comedians, it's our job to educate people, but in a fun way. Absolutely. It's, it's, you're, you're so right. It's just, we're sharing our different viewpoints and I like, I've learned so much through comedy. Like I've learned more through comedy than I have through news. <laughs> and I, like when, when I started, like I'm so grateful for those queer safe spaces just because like, like, like when I first started in comedy, like I, I think like for the first three months I was only doing queer shows and that was because like I was, I was scared and I was baby. And, and, but like, as soon as I started branching out and doing other shows, I started growing because I wasn't just focused on 
queer comedy. I was focused more on life comedy. And whenever I would have like a queer joke land, I would just get even happier because it's like, right. I see you, you're there <laughs> because it's, it's, kin it's kinship. It's because like, like it's a way to call out and connect to the queer people in the audience as well as the allies. And as you said, mm -hmm. I can also reach out and make some homophobes laugh. And that is my bread and butter. <laughs> That's exactly what it is, right? Oh, my nipples got hard because I got all excited about this. You know, it's, it's true. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And like, I totally get you want to be in a, a space where you're comfortable, especially when you're new to comedy. Mm -hmm. It is so hard to get on stage. So, so do everything in your power to make yourself comfortable. And then when you're ready, take that next step. You yeah. know, and you did that. And you feel great. I do. Thank you. Well, there you go. Yeah, it works. Uh, my um, my first non like queer space show was actually put on by Al Val, who I didn't know at the time. So I was um. like, so I like I went up and I said something along the lines of just like like oh is this just like a boys club because like it was called like Sports Bar and Grill. Like I was just like where am I? Uh, like I was just like not expecting it to be a like a good show. I was like like bracing myself, and then I met Al Val, and I was just like oh, I'm fine. This is a fun yeah. You're good. And, and that's another reason why I appreciate Al. Uh, he's just, yeah, he's, he's a good person. We, we've been on so many shows, uh, like, like after COVID, we just like every other show I see him, I'm like, Hey, Hey, you know, like he's just good people yeah. and like very caring and like a little bit of everything for everyone. If you've yeah. ever seen, if you've never seen Al on stage, you definitely gotta, but he, he, he can do any show. Very versatile. Absolutely. Puts himself out there. Yeah. There was, um, story time. So I was driving, um, it was actually back on my way from picking up those mushrooms I talked about. Oh, that's <laughs> but, um, fun. So we were um, driving from Pickering to Hamilton, and so like we were going through the expressway, and there's a bunch of billboards, and I'm telling the story about how, like I'm talking about my own driving anxieties, and how whenever like people are in the car with me, even if like, like they could be asleep, and I'm just like, they're thinking about how I'm driving, like they're, they're analyzing everything that I'm doing. So I was telling the story about um, driving a bunch of comedians um, from Toronto to St. Catharines. And, and Al was one of them. And I just said something about like, just for some reason, it was just like, I just focused on like, like, like sometimes it's the whole car, sometimes it's just one person. But for that ride, I was just like, Al Val is judging my driving for like the whole ride. And I'm, and I'm telling this story to my girlfriend as we pass this billboard that says, Hey, you're doing a great job, AV with a heart. Aww. And I was just like, thank you, Al. <laughs> it was just. Oh, that's so funny. No idea what that AV. means. For, but it was for me. It was talking for you from Al, apparently. Yeah, personal. I didn't know Al had billboard money. Right? Billboard money. Al Val. <laughs> oh, these are great questions so far. I want, I want to be hit with another one. All right, let's see. All right. Um, if a joke is offensive, is it punishable? Oh, you got the hard hitters today, huh? You're like, let's let's see if Allie Banks is actually a feminist, <laughs> or if it's true what people say she's a fake feminist. No. Challenging. Um, <laughs> a joke is offensive. Now, here's the thing. I don't want to take too much time up on this question, but I think any joke is going to be offensive to someone out there. Mm -hmm. Like, like 
you you uh, tell a joke about um, women being dumb. Good chance women are going to be offended. You tell a joke about a uh, straight white male uh, being a straight white male, they're probably going to get offended. Uh, if you tell a joke about being queer, someone who's homophobic is going to be offended, right? Now, those are the unintentionally unintentionally hurtful jokes, but some people out there do cross a line for sure. Mm-hmm. And depending on the context, like punish, punish not in a way that I think they should have their career taken away from them, but um, definitely need, I, I'm a big fan of communication. You know, if somebody, if I ever say something that doesn't that offends someone, I want them to come and talk to me about it. Yeah. Now, sometimes if you're like, use the word that started with a T and I'm personally offended by words that start with T, I'm going to tell you to fuck yourself, right? But if, if I say something on stage that's like culturally, culturally insensitive or any other way, I, I want to be notified yeah. just so I can like weigh my options, be like, is this worth being told again? Is this joke worth it? Do I need to rewrite it? Or is this just a person that has an individual problem with me? Because my, my a goal is to grow as a comedian, right? And I want to be as marketable as possible while still be true to myself. Now, there's also um, roasts. How do you feel about roasts? Just side note. I'm so like I I think they're funny I like I, I appreciate them but they make me nervous because I don't think I'd be good at them so every time I'm just like ah roast because oh, I, I want to I want to do one one day yeah it's a skill set because you yeah. need to be you need to jab the person without being cruel yeah right and so we don't punish people for doing roast jokes, which is we want them to be intentionally a little bit more crude, a little bit more offensive, Mm -hmm. right? Now, that being said, go back to the shock value comedians. Punish them in a sense. Like, I want to educate them. Like I said, talk to them, be like, hey, this is wrong. This offended a whole bunch of people. This is not going to help your career. If they listen to that advice and adjust accordingly, yeah, continue to grow as a comedian because we all make mistakes. But if they don't and they're like, fuck you, and they're the type of people that cause like half an audience to leave, then I think the only punishment that's required is just not booking them. Yeah. 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 I think- but how, how do you feel about this? I feel so many ways. Um, so <laughs> I, I think that intention is what is the most important. So like if someone yeah. is um, like, women are dumb. If, um, if, uh, if I'm saying, or if, if I'm saying that because I believe women are dumb and I'm bringing out the message that women are dumb and I'm hammering the fact that I think women are dumb, that is, that's an example of punching down. And uh, that is, I would say offensive because it is actively harming and creating and indulging in a stereotype. Yeah. But I would say in the context of saying like, particularly one woman was being dumb. As long as you're not generalizing and you're pointing out the absurdity in one person's behavior, I don't think that's an issue. 
I think it's just, I think things being more focused is how things get funnier instead of them being so broad. Yeah. Instead of generalizing. Yeah, because like when you generalize, that is how like like oh, all all non-binary people make this comment all the time, or, and it's just like mm, eh, or like like all. I'm sure like oh god, I have I just have like like ten examples pop into my head, and all of them just came out, and I'm just like, eh. um, yeah. <laughs> um, I. I think that you're right in the punishment should be um, like show repercussion and just and education. I think that talking to someone about how and why they offended you instead of just say getting angry and yelling at them and saying you offended me and you can't say that. I think that explaining to someone why and how it is offensive. Like I, um, for the, um, for the feedback show I do, I had someone who came in and he, and he asked like, like, does, is your audience offended easily? And that is always a red flag. <laughs> and so I was just like, what do you mean? Like, well, what can I say? And what can't I say? And uh, I was like, like, um, to make it easier, um, to narrow it down, what kind of things do you want to say? Like, like, what are, what are you asking about? Yeah. And he says, like, like he asks if he can, you know, drop the R word and make jokes about um, people with special needs. And I'm just like, I'm going to go out on a whim and sing no. God. Like, it's just, like, since you're asking, no. Because <laughs> I, I just, like, there's so much wrong with that. And he's like, well, I'm special needs. And I'm just, it's, and I find, and I find the R word empowering. And I'm just like, I, I understand that. And I totally respect that you in your circumstance are able to pull power from that. Yeah. But I think that it's also important to acknowledge that a lot of people don't. And I think that weighing what you want to say versus how it's heard is so important in how it, so like I that ended up. skills, right? Yeah. That, to do exactly that it takes skills and like, to add to what you're saying, the, um, as a producer also, I've had people come up to me like in shows as early as last week, comedian came up, Hey Allie, is there anything off limits? Can I say risk your stuff? And this is a comedian. I know she is fucking funny and she's been in it for like eight years. So to her, I'm like, go nuts. Yeah. I was like, you want to test out some shit? Feel out it, feel out the room go for it. I'm giving you free reign. Right. Cause I know whatever she put down has been well thought out and yeah. she wouldn't be saying just anything. Right. Contrast new comedians come up to me, open mic, anything I can't say. Yeah. Whatever you're thinking right now, you can't have that. No, no, no. Take it from your brain. Don't say it. Right. I had a, uh, for I'm doing cat butt comedy right now in Kensington market. that's a very popular show outdoor show. I want to, I want to keep my shows as safe as possible, obviously social distance, um, to get on, to view the show, you have a, have to have a reservation. I make sure the tables are all six feet apart. Right. Yeah. And it's in groups. So this, this guy, uh, very new came to the show and, uh, you can tell he was a new comic because he's like, Hey, can I get on? I'm like, this is a book show and I don't know who you are. Hi, I'm Allie, you know, and then he then introduces himself, actually introduces himself to my co-producer first, who was male. Um, and then 
introduced himself to me. My co-producer though is, is like one of the most amazing people I've ever met. He, uh, whenever that happens, which it happens a lot, um, right? Cause a woman can't be in charge. He will be like, yep, yeah, talk to this one. Mm-hmm. Just won't even like, they're like, hi, I lo- uh, you know, I'm so-and-so I've been doing comedy for X amount of years. Like I want to be on your show. He just takes a step back points to me and then walks away like just doesn't even acknowledge that which is like means the most in the world to me but this comedian I ended up being like here's my Instagram message me there during a show is inappropriate and very inappropriate (laughs) anyways clearly new to comedy sent me a video and uh he is from, uh, he like just, just arrived from, I think Kenya. And I know the comedy scene there pretty well. Um, and I know it's one of those places that like definitely punch down on women. And one of the most joked about things is actually rape, but in like a very negative context which is like super sad to me but you know different parts of the world not everyone is is as progressive as Toronto but anyway so send me a video it's kind of like I viewed it and it it was exactly what I expected like was some of it's funny yeah was it all of it offensive absolutely so I messaged back and I was like do you want some criticism and he's like yeah and I haven't I actually haven't messaged him back because I'm fucking busy but um I am gonna let him know like he clearly is funny but he has to change everything that he wrote because it will not fly in Toronto. No one will book him. Um, And the only comics that will book him are the other comics that cannot get booked because their shit is too offensive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I just wanted to like vent about that. I don't even, I mostly went with the question. Yeah, I will, um, yeah, I just, I, I do appreciate that um, breakdown. I, I think that's, that's such a good way to deal with someone like that, and being honest about it is key, and I, I'm sure that, like, if your advice is taken, then it'll be something that he looks back on and appreciates. Yeah, and, and I'm hoping, and that's why I always tell people, um, communicate first, instead of being like, because I could have just been like, fuck you, you're never going to work in this town again. How dare you say any of this shit? It's like, I know it's probably not, it's probably what he grew up with and it's probably not what he thinks is offensive, right? He thinks it's just funny. So before you go and you cancel someone or you reprimand them for, for their joke, just, just talk to them. That's it. They're people just like us. Just, just talk to them. If they give you a fuck you back, then, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's anyone's game at that point. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all in how you dabble the line. <laughs> I like that, dabble the line. Yeah. All right. All right. So, um, speaking of line, our next question is, Ooh. why is the line different for everyone? Ooh. Well, I cannot speak for everyone. <laughs> so I'll speak for myself. The line. Uh, I think the line is different because of backgrounds, Mm -hmm. information, um, where someone grew up. Like I grew up, I grew up in a very, like not a small town, but I grew up in a a city. 
much smaller than Toronto, different values, different, different everything, like night and day. And so for me, there was, there was so many lines. I was very like sheltered. I'm like, okay, no drugs, no this, no that, no da, 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 went on forever. Right. And then like the line changed for me because of what I was exposed to. Mm-hmm. Right. Exposed to in the city, what I found out, what I liked, what I didn't like, what I thought was right, what I thought wasn't right. Yeah. So it, 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 it does depend entirely on the person, but I think in a nutshell, it's information, um, where you come from, what you're open to, and your, your own personal values. Nobody's, no, no two people are ever going to have the same line, ever. Yeah. Um, do you think that there is such thing as comedy for everyone? Hmm. Now, I have to believe that there's comedy for everyone because there's clean comedy that you see on TV that you grew up with, um, like Comedy Central, JFL. But that being said, I, I've met people, like there's this one person, a coworker of mine, because I, I work part-time at a restaurant now uh, because comedy isn't as booming as it was before and I can no longer support myself on just comedy alone. But, you know, I make a mean cocktail, so let's utilize those skills. But I've told this person jokes that I've never had a negative response with right? Every single person just like is dying with them. And she's just like, not impressed, not even funny, right? Everyone has different humor. So I can like 99.9 of the population might fucking love this joke that I tell. And then this individual, nothing, right? So I mean, comedy for everyone in like a very clumpy sense of like the majority of the population might find this humorous, but it's never going to be funny to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I have like, like my dad does not think I'm funny and I'm just, so I just make fun of him. <laughs> yeah. And my mom doesn't think I'm funny either. Like she saw a show for the first, she lives in Spain and she came back to visit before COVID and she saw a comedy show. And after she got a little drunk, but after she was like, this is what you do. Oh, people like this. They think you're funny. And then she's like, I'm funny. And then she went on stage. Never gone on stage before. She's drunk. Keep in mind, you know, I'm just like, my mom just heckled me. And and she didn't even say this, like, just to me. She just yelled it out. She's like, I'm funnier than you. And then went on stage and fucking destroyed me. She was hilarious. She did a tight three. She's never written a joke in her life. And I was so pissed off. I was like, this bitch right here is funnier than me. She, she called it out. And, and so I, I'm in the same boat with you. Did your dad hijack your stage, though? No. No? I've actually, my, with my dad, okay. So my dad is, um, I would describe it as, like, my dad and I have the 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 shape of our sense of humor is the same with different mm-hmm. filling. Okay. So we can make each other laugh, but we don't have the same sense of humor. It's like a pie. So like you're like a blueberry pie, and he's like a like a apple pie. Exactly. You no, know? both yeah. pies similar. Mm-hmm. 
So I've been trying to um, get him to do projects with me because he loves comedy. He loves yeah. it so much. He's like, like, he's the reason I'm into comedy because I grew up around him watching comedy all the time. Yeah. So uh, it's just, and then like, I eventually grew up and like found my own and everything. Like when I moved to Toronto, I was offensive. <laughs> it's a good thing. Really? I it was, it's a good thing I wasn't into comedy at the time. Oh my goodness. Like, oh, I would, I How was offensive. Canceled. Are we I talking here? Like I was like, I learned the hard way that slurs were bad. Really? Yeah. Because like, I'm from a, like a, like, like, well, it's like a small city that thinks it's yeah. a small town and everyone is like either a hick or a gangster. Like, like, it's just. Oh, it's, I know. I have an ex from from Welland. He has yeah. two DUIs and he's gained like 40 pounds, so. Yeah, Welland. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it eats you alive. It's awful. Um, so I just like grew up around a lot of like, like, like I literally, like I knew, knew the N word was bad, but um, like, which is great. That's good for me. Um, I didn't know any of the others were not able to use. Like I would just like oh gosh, I would just like drop things and be like, like I, I and my friends would be like, what the fuck? And I'm like, oh, hee hee. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't know. My mom says that all the time. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh yeah, it's been yeah. a very tough learning curve for me. <laughs> but isn't it good? I guess I'm, you're here now doing this, so I means you're not canceled yet. Yeah. But I assume when you said those offensive things, your friends were like, they didn't do like, bad, you must go back to Welland. They were like, hey, you can't say this because of X, Y, and Z, right? Exactly. I was educated and I relearned. Right? And it's not that people, like, to touch base on every single question, basically, it's not people that are like out there, it's the intent. Maybe they're like um, intentionally trying to hurt you. That's a different story. But like, if they're just ignorant, you know, because of where they've come from or because of lack of information, like you can, you can undo that. Somebody can become woke, but only if you educate them. Absolutely. Yeah. My, like my, my brother's a great example. Like he, um, well, like me and my brother are both great examples. We both used to suck. And, um, I've been like putting him through like the wokening is what I call it. Cause like, the wokening, I, like, that. Like, like he has children and I want to make sure that his children don't suck. And so I, yeah, they're in Welland, so, like... But you gotta try extra hard, then. <laughs> yeah, so, like, like his oldest is nine, and she's an artist, so I'm always, like, getting her, like, like art supplies and books, and I also, um, when I came out, I got books about, like, explaining transgender to children, yeah. and through my brother having to teach his kids about all of these things, he's learning about them. And so, like, like I remember him, like, like saying some things about... Um, like, like, I just remember him saying, like, like horrible things that I've heard him now correct people on. Yeah. And I am so proud of, like, where he's gone and where he's going. And, yeah. Everyone just and that's laughed. exactly why people aren't, they gotta not be so quick, you know, to cancel somebody. Like, I do not like cancel culture now. Like, yeah, it has great effects. But then it's such negative ones, too. Like, your brother seems like a nice guy. He's trying to educate his kids. He's getting educated, right? I think if we just all educate each other, instead of like putting on this hate or and all this pressure on all these people, I think I think the world would be such a better place. Yeah, I think like when it comes to canceling, the only like like maybe a strike system or like if someone actively retaliates in a way where you can tell that they don't want to learn. 
and they don't want exactly. to change. They don't want to grow. When someone um, starts doubling down on their hate after they're called out for it, instead of redacting and like apologizing for it. Yeah. And, and, and we all know comedians that have done that. Right? whether it's personal or you've seen them online it's like that is the stuff to watch out for just be mindful mm -hmm. you know like like do your research you don't even have to do a lot of research you just have to look like really be observant and then and then make a an informed decision whether you should fuck with this person or not i say no <laughs> i'm not fucking with this person yeah yeah, there's only, like, like even when it comes to educating others, like, there is only so much that you can give yourself. Because it's just, we all have our limits. We all have only so many spoons a day. And I like that. So many spoons a day. Thank you. It's like, I don't even remember where the spoon theory comes from, but it's just like, like, I'm um, to catch people up. It's like, like, say every day, um, an able-bodied, able-minded person starts with 10 spoons. Um, someone with chronic pain might start with seven. Someone with chronic pain and mental illness might start with four. And sometimes brushing your teeth costs one spoon. Sometimes, especially if you have chronic pain or any kind of other thing pulling you back, it can cost two. So sometimes just getting out of bed, all you have left are two spoons. Yeah. So I just, I love it. actually really good. I like that. And I mean, this has nothing to do with the uh, questions, but another one that I recently learned that I really like is before venting to someone, because, you know, we all have bad days and we have the people closest to us. Instead of just going right into it, be mindful and, and ask that person, I'm like, hey, do you have the mental capacity today or the extra spoons to accommodate the, the load that's on my mind? Yes. Right. And it might not necessarily be about them. Maybe I'm venting about my partner or, or whatever, but like sometimes like you, you might be so drained. I might be like, like, Ray, can we, can I, can I talk to you? It's totally okay for you to be like, you know what? I've had like the worst day. I really need some time to myself. Can mm -hmm. we pick this up tomorrow? Right. It's yeah. good to check in because before you put your burden on somebody else unintentionally, you, you got to check in because you care about these people. Yeah. And it, uh, like so often if you just dive in and say, like, I'm having a bad day, like, like if in someone's, they're not going to stop you. So they might just get bombarded and it's almost like stealing spoons, even if it's yeah. not intentional. Yeah. So that's something, something uh, to look out for. Yeah. I, you know what? Also one more thing I want to add before we move on to the next question. This is, I've noticed like, and I love 2020 has been a shit show. <laughs> We're not going to sugarcoat that. But it's also an age of information and people are educating themselves. Other people are educating their friends. Like we're realizing, you know, with the gender stereotypes as well, like women are supposed to be more thoughtful and caring. So, and we, and we were raised this way. So I feel like those people pick up the spoons and the, um, you know, the, the asking easier right? And then guys don't even think about it, right? Because mm -hmm. they weren't raised that way. Like people in our age group were not raised that way. And, but because of how things are right now, I've noticed that they're actually starting to be a little bit more considerate. Yeah. Right. Because, Despite how they were raised. Yeah. And, and a lot of that is people being called out and they're learning from others' mistakes. Like sometimes if, you don't like if you're not being educated directly seeing someone else be yeah. called out for it or be canceled in the 
safe way. <laughs> and, and if you're being called out, a lot of people d don't like that feeling because it's an uncomfortable feeling, right? Calling, like, I'm sure when you got called out, you weren't like, yay, I'm going to take this and blossom into a new person. No, you were like, oh, you know, it, it's like, you don't want to be called out. You don't want to be wrong. Um, but it's okay to be called out. It's okay to be wrong. As long as you just absorb it, take a breath before you respond. And then like really think about it. Cause sometimes if people are getting called out, they're like, this is a bad thing. Fuck you. I'm great. You're the problem. Right. That's not the way to do it. Yeah. It's okay to be called out. It's okay to call somebody out. It's just how the other person responds. They just need to take a breath, be like, okay, there's a reason this person is calling me out. Maybe I should think about it. And that's it. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Don't make it a big deal. People. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Give yourself time to respond. You don't have to whip everything out. Just take a moment, especially if you're caught off guard. Yeah. Yeah. Being caught off guard is not the same as being in trouble. Okay. Mm -hmm. So take your feelings, go to your bedroom, have a lie down, think about it and come back. Yeah. Yeah. Take, take time. We're, we're all waiting for you. Yeah, we all, there's not a lot to do at this point, so. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. That was a good one. More, more good ones. All right. All right. Is comedy under a bigger microscope than you feel it should be? Hmm. I mean, comedy, like everything else in the world, it's getting scrutinized, like, a lot more now especially in the age of technology, there's like information could go from A to Z in like a half a second. Yeah. Right? Never mind A, B, C, A, A to Z. So like, I mean, a great uh, example of this is Dave Chappelle's latest special. Did you see it? No, I haven't yet. I, I, I start, it's one of those moments where like I started watching it and then I got distracted. It's the yeah. last well, I mean, the gazebo, right? Pardon? Where he's in the gazebo, right? Oh, oh, sorry, not the latest, latest one, the last one. Oh, the one that came out, um, Sticks and Stones? Yeah. Yeah, I did not watch that one. No, so that one had a lot of controversy around it. Some people loved it, some people hated it. Personally, I didn't like it at all. I thought Dave could do better. But mm -hmm. it just goes to show the, the scrutiny because every single person had an opinion, mm -hmm. right? Even if you weren't a comedy uh, watcher, you know, you're not a lover of comedy, maybe you just happen to flip it on, everyone had an opinion on that one. Yeah. So. I don't know. What do you think about comedy under a microscope? I, I think that it's important to discuss. And I, <laughs> I, I do think that the art form may be being um, like a little too, watched too closely. And I think that is like, like what you were saying earlier with like, like people gardening when the house is on fire. Yeah. I think that, um, when it comes to exploring and scrutinizing and actually thinking about comedy, thinking about why things are being said should be more of the focus instead of, or, and, and, and the impact that they have instead of the exact words. Um, there is a show um, called Crashing. Have you heard or have you heard of it? Okay, yeah. so it is, um, it's made by Pete Holmes and he, um, it's about him and his life as a startup comedian in New York. And it's like made recently. 
and it's it has a lot of like just modern comics they do a lot of cameos and stuff it is very well made and i, I recommend it it's on crave and one of okay. the episodes is um like he he the the series starts with him like getting him um, kicked out of his wife like like he's living with his wife he gets kicked out and he ends up just staying with different comedians so mm -hmm. there's like an episode where he stays with bill burr <laughs> And they talk about it. I should have rewatched the episode before doing this episode before doing this episode because I actually felt like it it touched well on um, on the line of on the line of comedy. And when um, you take an idea and you use the offensive kind of trickles more to get the point across, and how sometimes that can drive a point home, but then if only like the wrong context is taken out, which is something that happens in the episode, then it can have a negative effect. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Hmm. Uh, so I just think it's all about just, I think um, the answer is yes, it is being over scrutinized, but I do think it's important that it is, but I think we need to change the way that we're doing it. No, and I, and I agree with that. Like, it's exactly what you said. It's like pulling out weeds when there's a fire. There's people are focusing on the wrong thing. It's like they're maybe focusing on the verbiage rather than the message. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I mean, there's not, I don't know. There's a lot we can do about that. I know. I'm not I think much of a solution. It's going to be, it's going to still be under a microscope no matter what. I think everything is nowadays. Yeah. And a lot of that is because of technology and social media, because it's just, everyone has the ability to do something. So if you have a response to something, you can start that blog. You can do that one-time blog response. You can tweet about it. You can do so much to share your response and your opinions and your information and your content. Like, like it's both an amazing and terrifying time. Yeah, like, like technology scares me, but another thing. But we it's need good. it. <laughs> oh, you know what else? Hmm. Just want to add this in there. Do you know any influencers, like Instagram influencers? Um, not personally, but like, yeah, they are uh, horrible, in my <laughs> opinion. Like, I I work in a restaurant, and we have influencers come in like weekly, and I'm probably gonna get in trouble for saying this, but they get everything for free, right? They'll they'll take up like two hours at a table, and they'll take photos and shit. Um, and like, then, then they're, they're like, they're not wearing a mask either when they're t getting watering around, taking these photos, even though like I asked them to, um, I'm like safety. And they're like, yeah, but for the gram, I'm like, yeah, but for our health, you know, and but whatever, that's a whole other thing. They'll get all this for free. And then they, they won't leave like a tip, even like a dollar, nothing. Right. And I, and then I, as a comedian, I just, as they were leaving, I was like, in my head, I didn't say this, but I was like, if the internet went down, you wouldn't have a job. Yeah. Like, what are you gonna, like, the only reason you're getting food for free is because you have 20,000 followers. What if the internet stopped working for like a week or like forever, who knows? And you go to a restaurant, you're like, hey, can I eat for free? They're gonna be like, why? Well, I could promote your business, how? Um, I'll just go on the street and tell people about it. I'm like, we already have that. It's a mascot. He wears a fried chicken outfit. 
uh, he's going to do a better job than you when you pay him $14 an hour, you know? Yeah. So I just like the age of technology is so good, but it's also so bullshit because these influencers are just, I'm like, it's, it's, you won't have, if one thing goes wrong, if, if one, like there's a power outage, you're out of a job, Mm -hmm. you know? I think that like the glorification of someone for literally just being pretty is very unhealthy. It's just like, like celebrity and it's just celebrity culture and it's so toxic and dangerous. And like, like, I think like if someone's like famous on Instagram for like, like always like, like motivational quotes or like, like if you're actually having like a positive impact, then yeah, like that's awesome. Yeah, um, some people have, like, one million followers. I think I, I follow, like, this account. It's, like, feminist, it's called, or something like that. Yeah. It's just fucking great. The message they share is amazing. But, like, when it's just, like, you're popular because you take pretty photos of donuts, like, you're not making a difference in the world. And if we had only a thousand spaces on a spaceship and the world was exploding, you're not going to be included. You know? <laughs> but I also know I'm not going to be included. Telling jokes is not a pivotal point for society, there can be a very funny doctor on that spaceship. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. I always well, think, like, because like, I always talk about, like, like I want to start, like, a gay hippie commune, screw society. And, and then it's just, like, oh, God. I, like, my skills are, like, makeup perfor- and performing. Yeah. Can you plant a tree? I probably could figure that out. Can you sew? I can. Oh, my God. <gasps> I was a cosplayer. I can do anything. Okay, so you can do the sewing. Can you filtrate water? No. Okay, so we're not going to make it onto the spaceship or the commune. We're going to have a nice little nuclear party where we're going to tell jokes in nice makeup. Yeah, we're, we'll look great in going out, and that's what matters. Yeah, we're going to go out with a bang, literally. Yeah, I'm excited already. Gosh. Coming at the end of the world, I know you're coming. Yeah, it's coming. Trump's yeah. the power, it's coming. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Might be too late to go to medical school, but I'll try, because I want to be that funny doctor on that ship. Yeah, I just started school for social work, so I'm just like, like I, I might matter. I might. <laughs> yeah, you might You might make it on there, right? No, I, I like it. I, when, when I have offspring one day, and when I say have offspring, I mean adopt them, because I'm not having anything expel from my body. Mm-hmm. Other than poop. But um yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna really be like, hey, you can do whatever you want, be your own person, but also be a doctor or an astronaut or an engineer or someone who does research, not a comedian, just anything but an artist. That's it. There's <laughs> two we're great. I'm sure we help the world in some way, every little way, but I'd rather uh them know how to deliver a baby than uh tell a dead baby joke. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure with that kind of enthusiasm, they will, I don't know, be a barber. So. Fuck. <laughs> no! <laughs> Nothing wrong with barbers. Just Yeah, I just wanted to make it onto the spaceship. Yeah. But That's no. all we I, think I, have, I think I have, like, baby fever at this point because I'm just seeing all the cute baby videos on Instagram. Damn you, Instagram! It's a dangerous thing. That- <laughs> also, almost got a kitten. Same, same reason. Baby kitten fever. Mm-hmm. But I have a cat, and I love him, so I don't need one. Yeah, right now, because I'm staying with my girlfriend for two months, and I'm away from my pets. 
Oh, no. It's so tough. So, like, my roommates are still taking care of them. They're both, like, happy. My cat has been acting out. He had he had a poopy accident this morning, and that is unlike him. I, like, like he is, he has never, ever in his life. So, I was just, like, there's something wrong. He needs me. Yeah. <laughs> and it, no, it's true. But it, cats act out. Yeah, he just doesn't like his litter, I think, because he always, um, my roommate has a cat, and he always uses the other cat's litter, and I have a covered litter. So I'm yeah. just a new litter, and then hopefully the problem is not so. I mean, cats cats are assholes, but I fucking love them. Like, yeah. if my cat's litter box is not clean every day by 3 p.m., he'll pee beside it. Oh, wow. That's that's specific. I'm happy your cat can tell time. That's neat. <laughs> he just, he realizes, like, he knows when I get up, which is about noon. And mm-hmm. then he's like, okay, she's going to feed me. She's going to have her coffee. I'm going to remind her that she needs to clean my litter box if she hasn't already done it. And he does. So, yeah. So it could be something as, as simple as that, right? You never know with cats. Yeah. Yeah. And like, he probably misses me because I'm his world. Yeah. His mind. He for sure misses you. He knows like three people. You're one of the main three people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 My cat's name is Zeppelin because he's the color of lead. Very nice. Mine mm-hmm. is Middleton Knight Quartamanche. Oh, that's you call him midnight me? for sure. Midnight for sure. Okay, <laughs> that's perfect. That's good. All right. Okay. So last question. Last question. Good. My phone is at ten percent. <laughs> okay. What is something you feel that you can't say anymore that has completely ruined comedy for you? Over dramatic of you. <laughs> um, no. No, I, I actually don't think that way. Like, I know there's a lot of comedians out there that's like, I can't say the word retarded anymore. I'm like, well, you shouldn't have said that in the first place, you know? <laughs> but there's other things you can say if you, that is a pivotal point in your joke. But, um, you know, I, I don't really, I don't really feel that way. Because I, I feel, I still feel that I can say anything because I can, I know my skill set and I know I can word it in a, an appropriate manner. Yeah, so there's there's nothing that I can't say and I don't feel like I'm that that society or the world is telling me I can't say this this stuff like some of the things that I don't need to say the n-word yeah. you want to know why because I don't I just don't need to say it I can say n-word like literal n and then the word word beside it if, if I need it in a joke why do I need to say the full word you know, what is the reason? What is it? Is it going to make or break my set? It, if it is, then I probably shouldn't be doing comedy. Mm-hmm. Right. So I just, yeah, I don't, I don't bitch about shit like that. Cause I don't think there's really anything to bitch about. Absolutely. <laughs> How do you feel? I feel you feel the same probably. Right? Yeah, I absolutely do. I think like, um, I, I think that if you're not a dick, concepts and premises are fair game because you're not hurting people with your humor because I just like like there are just things that I like say I just don't find funny like we were saying like like you have the co-worker who you can't make laugh and like that's fine with different sense of humor but there's such a huge difference between someone like dropping a bunch of slurs and laughing hysterically and me just being like oh that's just like like, it's not the shock that's not making me laugh. It's li- it's the fact that it's literally not funny. Yeah. 
but then that's a, like then oh you're just a pencil you're a snowflake and i'm just like no like i just you're just not funny my my partner actually has a saying of something along those lines he's like crazy people love the mic they love comedy because they love having a microphone they love having people listen to them so some of the, like the more offensive people you hear like they're doing it because they want an excuse to say those things yeah right you're absolutely right it's not funny mm -hmm. it's not even the shock value that they're going for they just want to say those things and i think those are the people it's either the um people who are uncreative or uh lack ambition that have an issue with having certain things taken away like they can't say this they can't say that you can't say that in comedy right it's like but any good comedian you know i know is be like yeah no problem i don't need that yeah like, i can i can do anything like i can write anything i can be funny no matter what yeah right and if see the people out there who think otherwise than what i'm saying currently you are not working hard enough that's it you uh you lack the talent and or skills or ambition Give yourself a little bit more time, put a little bit more work into it, and you're going to have the same mindset. Because if you think that you can't be funny because you are limited to what you can say, or you think you're limited to what you can say, you don't know, you don't know shit. That's it. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I agree. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Right, and it says, um, been the, the non-feminist Ali Banks. <laughs> I'm the fake feminist, um, abuser supporter, and uh, whatever else they say. Yeah, um, who knows what'll be said. I am, and I am the, um, the abuse supporter supporter, <laughs> apparently. Yeah, so, you're associated uh, with me. I'm so sorry your, your career's gone now. Yeah, um, I had a good run. It was a good run. Yeah, I've been... <laughs> 11 months of comedy, that's good. You're like, I think I'm going to go out with that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's an apocalypse. After the second shutdown, people are going to forget about this anyways because somebody else is, is going to jack off on the phone in someone's hotel room. Louis mm -hmm. C.K. Louis just yeah, it'll, it'll be. No. <laughs> We're not going I'm not going to let people forget that. Every, like, 20 videos I make, I'm just going to slide it in there. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that he got brought up because it's just, it's just not a good, he's the perfect example of doubling down on your bullshit after you're called out on it. Because like, yep. what the fuck? He was like, really smart and then just- I loved him. Like, I, it was, I, he's like the biggest disappointment in comedy as, next to, you know, old Bill. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you're right, he didn't like apologize. He didn't change his behavior. He didn't change his ways. He was just like, I'm funny as fuck. I'm going to keep going, right? And you can. You can do that. And he is funny enough to do that. But unfortunately, he lost a lot of fans. Like, yeah. a lot of fans. I'm one of them. Like, I really, really enjoyed his comedy. And if he had been, like, you know, a little bit, even a little bit remorseful, like, genuinely, I think that would have made a big difference. Yeah. And instead, he was just like, well, that's just how it is. You know? Fuck it. I'm probably going to do it again next week, right? Yeah. But I'm just going to be better at not being caught. So, and then that's, that's the problem. Yeah, that is absolutely, like, that is <sighs> so much to say about and, that. <laughs> and it's, it's tough, too, because 
that can be applied to anything. Like in, um, with, with Louie, people are like, they see this and they're like, okay, hey, he did a bad thing, but we're going to ignore that because we think he's really funny and we enjoy his comedy. It's like, I love, I love Too Faced makeup. Mm-hmm. I love Too Faced makeup. It's, it's vegan, right? And yeah. I was like, and it, and it fits my skin tone. And it's perfect. And I don't buy it anymore because the CEO uh, is a huge, huge investor in Trump Mm. and is homophobic, anti-gay rights and uh, pro pro life. So even though I thoroughly enjoy this makeup, I'm, I'm doing my own personal cancel culture. Yeah. And being like, I enjoy this but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to support them. Right. And it's like an individual choice. And I think more people need to be stronger and be like, you know, Louie is funny, but there's a lot of other funny comedians. I'm just not going to go to his show. Right. And then maybe that'll on a larger scale, teach him something. Maybe he'll change his ways. Maybe he won't. Yeah. Yeah. Like it would have been great if like from losing the amount of fans that he did, he learned instead of doubling down and just kind of like, like, I guess he started celebrating the fans that he had, which was, I guess, great for them. They probably had a great experience by being supported in their gross ways because all was validate the grossness that's exactly it. He's just reinforcing that you can do this behavior and get away with it. Yeah. He's just contributing to the, like, the sexual violence in our community. And by supporting him, you are supporting his actions because we vote with our money. Yeah. And it's just like producers will look what earns money. If people stop buying tickets to see Louis C.K., then they'll stop selling shows for Louis C.K. If, like, if J.K. Rowling keeps making shit and will keep supporting Harry Potter, Warner Brothers isn't going to look at it and say, well, we look at it as a personal issue. No, they don't care. They're a company. It's money. It's all about money. That's all it is. So, like, if they look at it and say... Our affiliation with JK is not stopping people from buying the new Harry Potter game. So we're not going to do anything about it. Yeah. That gives a huge fuck you to the whole trans community, especially the Harry Potter fans. And if you, if you don't know about this topic, I I definitely uh, implore you to go check it out, do some research, look up JK Rowling, transphobia, and then I think everything you need to know will pop up. Yeah, it has been, like, a slow unfolding that just somersaulted. Like, when I took my first stand-up course last year, um, one, of my, one of my first premises was um, I am a recovering Harry Potter fan. That's good. I like that. Thank you. It was not funny last year because not enough people knew about how shitty she was. And I was just like, oh, in the trans community, she sucks. And everyone's just like, ah. And now everyone's just like, oh. Okay. <laughs> like we get it now. Right. And sometimes it takes a minute. And that's why I always say, do your research. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, and do your own research. Don't take my word for it. Don't take Ray's word for it. Like just go and do your own research, figure yeah. it out on your own, come with, with your own opinions and conclusions. Don't, don't take anything at face value. 
Yeah, one of the most important things about like, like I guess, secondhand education, like, like as Ali said, like, like learning from us is it is supposed to start the conversation and the ideas. We are planting the seeds for you to think of these ideas. We're, yeah. we're maybe helping um, show our values and our opinions on these topics. And we're hoping that you will have a positive reflection and look at it um, in a similar way that we do, but we're not forcing or, or our ideals. We're just encouraging yeah. people. And we're going to celebrate it. different opinions, right? Like I, I want to learn. That's why I have all these diverse people on my Facebook with varying opinions, right? Maybe somebody's going to bring a, a, a topic to a new light for you. Same with me or us with them. Mm -hmm. And then I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, do you have any other final thoughts on our conversation today? No, this was like a good feeling. I didn't know what I was expecting. You, you offered to send me the questions beforehand. I said, you know what? I want to just come up with it on the fly because I want to be as genuine as possible. I don't want, I don't want time to like polish my answers. What you got today was real. And I just want to thank you for the opportunity to having this good conversation. I hate small talk. I hate like how's the weather, what's going on. I'm like, let's, let's get down to it. Let's abolish yeah. the bleak, you know? Yeah, of course. Yeah, this has been such a good conversation. Thank you so, so much for everything that you've contributed, all of your ideas, words, responses, and just facial expressions have been terrific. Thank you. Your face has also been good. Thank you. Yeah, let's give it up for, for the face, the eyelashes, the lipstick the glow <laughs> that's that's what let's be honest that's why people actually clicked on this they're like damn let's look yeah. this makeup tutorial <laughs> makeup tutorial in the next video so <laughs> that and um teenage mutant porn yes of course keep your eyes out for that um special porn special that we will be making in the future because that yeah. has to absolutely happen um Thank you everyone for um, sticking with us through this conversation. I hope that you learned a lot. And if you have any opinions, I would absolutely love to hear them because opinions are great and I want to have conversations about this. This is our first um, pre-recorded episode. So I'm sure you noticed that the comments aren't live because it's not a live video and I appreciate your comments for future me to receive. Um, this has been Serious and Sober with Allie Banks and Thank you all so, so much.